Welcome to Ed Leader with your host, Dr. Rob Jackson. Join Dr. Jackson for conversations and reflections on improving educational leadership from the classroom to the boardroom and beyond. Educational leadership is an ever-evolving opportunity to make a real and lasting difference in the lives of students, parents, and the community. And now, here's your host, Dr. Rob Jackson. Hi, friends. Welcome to the Ed Leader Podcast. I'm your host, Rob Jackson, and I want to thank you for spending time with me today. As Ed Leaders, we focus on children, not the challenges. We do not ignore the barriers or the circumstances. We work through them by bringing together a team of caring experts who work collaboratively to support students. Speaking of a team working together, thank you for helping to grow the Ed Leader Podcast community. This week, the podcast hosting service reported the Ed Leader Podcast has listeners in 1,096 cities in 43 countries on six continents. Wow, and thank you. If you have not and would like to, please take a moment to leave the podcast a review on your favorite podcast player so that others may continue to find and enjoy the conversations on Ed Leader. On today's episode, I am joined by another amazing Ed Leader. Let's get to it. Today's guest is a professional school counselor. She spent the majority of her career serving military students and families in the Onslow County School System, which is home to the United States Marine Corps Camp Lejeune. She's worked to provide students with the knowledge and skills to be healthy and successful in the 21st century. She served on the Board of Directors for the North Carolina School Counselor Association for several years and currently serves as president of the association. She completed her master's degree in counselor education, as well as a master of school administration degree at East Carolina University. She frequently presents on school counseling practice and leadership. Please help me welcome today's guest, Miss Brittany Norman. I am so delighted to have the opportunity to spend time with a hero, an incredible hero who does so much for so many. Brittany Norman, welcome to the Ed Leader Podcast. Good afternoon. Thank you so much for having me. Absolutely. You know, it really is my pleasure to spend some time with you, particularly as we're recording this. It's National School Counselor Week, and so we have the opportunity to talk about and amplify the incredible work of school counselors in our school systems across our state, across the country, and certainly around the world. And I really appreciate your work in doing that, particularly as the president of the North Carolina School Counselor Association. As we think about school counselors and kind of get into that conversation, I'd like to start with your journey. What led you to deciding that you would like to spend your professional life helping others through the role of school counselor? Wow, that is a great question. Definitely wanted to be a helper. Growing up, I knew I wanted to help people. I wasn't sure what that looked like. Um, Family, oftentimes they'll direct you, oh, go into the medical field. No, that wasn't my jam. Um, But uh, I did, I took a liking to working with kids. And it was 
I'm I'm always amazed when I'm working with students and and just thinking about the future and just the possibilities and how far education has come from when I was a student that um, it just it it keeps me going. And you know, you mentioned how far education has come or how far our understanding of how to support students have come. And one of the things, particularly during school counselor week, that I became aware of and really should have been aware of all along is that even the title of the role has changed. Way back when the earth was cooling and I was in school, I had a guidance counselor and I loved my guidance counselor. And we no longer refer to our school counselors as guidance counselor because the role is so much bigger. And so just seeing that metamorphosis, the evolution of the role has just been outstanding. How has the role kind of changed during the course of your career? Wow. Um, yes. Thank you for acknowledging that. Um, I think as a profession, we're we're doing our best to really advocate and, and, and provide more information and awareness on how the profession has transformed. Um, so, I'm trying to think back when when I had a guidance counselor, uh, when we think about that role, it's more so um, it's more of a reactive role. They tend to work in isolation, uh, perhaps working with certain groups of students. But now it has changed in a way that we're seeing a more proactive approach. We're using data that we have at the school to meet the needs, not just of some students, but all students Um, just working together. um, It's more of a collaborative approach. We know we can't do it by ourselves. There are times where we have to enlist in the support, whether it's the social worker or the school psychologist, but um, it's definitely more of a collaborative multidisciplinary approach to supporting our students. I really appreciate how you mentioned the school psychologist and the school social workers and and perhaps even the school nurse could be a part of that, that student support team. Not something that we've always had in education, or at least not something that we've recognized the need for and something that I think has certainly been highlighted as we as a profession, as a country, as a world have gone through the pandemic. There's really more of an awareness of the needs of students and certainly an awareness of the need of all of us to bring our expertise together to work collaboratively, as you said, for our students. What does a high-functioning student support team look like and and what's kind of the role of the school counselor in that team as as you're doing your work? Oh, man, yes. So um, a high-functioning student support team. Um, I think the best way to to start off is to think of the analogy of building a house. Um, I read this recently and it's like, while it's great to have a handyman who could do all things when you're building a house, it's probably a little more important that you enlist in the expertise of a carpenter, of an electrician, of a plumber, right? So you're bringing in all of these areas of expertise coming together for that common goal. And in this case, the house is equivalent to our students and their success. Um, So a high-functioning team, really just sitting down, um, having everyone look at the data, look at trends, what are we seeing and what supports can we provide collectively to ensure that our students are successful and to mitigate any of those barriers. 
That's such a powerful analogy. I'd not heard that analogy used before, but you're exactly right. A handyman can kind of keep the house up once the house is there. But if we're building the house, I want that person who's going to make sure it keeps standing and the water flows only where we want it and the electricity does what it needs to do. So the lights come on when I hit the switch. And so you're exactly right. We do need experts and their expertise as we support our students, particularly as as the challenges seem to be exasperated in this time. What challenges are you seeing maybe that are, are somewhat new or maybe just bigger for our students as a result of all the pandemic has meant for children and families? It's been a challenge for sure. Um, and, and I think you hit the nail on the head when you, when you said it's kind of been exacerbated a little bit. Um, I do feel like it brought to light a lot of challenges, a lot of unique challenges. Um, One of the things that we do in the association is we collect feedback. So, you know, that helps us craft our professional development. So, you know, what are you seeing? What are the trends? How can we provide support to school counselors across the state? An overwhelming amount of anxiety, um, depression, and this one to me probably stuck out the most, and that would be the, the lack of student motivation. That one was kind of, I don't know that I saw that one coming, you know, anxiety and depression, I can kind of see because we've been in a state of uncertainty for some time, but the the lack of motivation was kind of hard for me to kind of wrap my mind around. I tell you what, and I'm glad you mentioned that because certainly we've encountered that as well. And I'm not sure if some of that is because our students are really in their third school year impacted by the pandemic. And in our area of the state, prior to that, they were also impacted by a major hurricane. So, so lots of life events that kept them from attending school on a regular basis, face-to-face, that kept them away from the structure they're used to and away from some very caring, loving adults, teachers, school counselors, and others in the building. And so it does feel like, in some ways, they just got out of the habit uh, of, of doing the work they needed to do. But But I've wondered about the motivation piece, is is that still there or has that been somehow dimmed uh, by the pandemic? What, what advice would you have for school counselors or teachers or administrators in terms of when we come across this almost apathy of students, this this seemingly loss of desire to, to work or to really be engaged in, in school? Yes, definitely. Um... We're seeing it. We're having those conversations at the table. Um, A lot of what we've found that has been successful is uh, motivational interviewing or motivational coaching, Uh, just trying to get students to do some reflecting, trying to find that spark that they once had. Um, Whereas I'll say BC before COVID, um, (laughs) it was a lot easier to find, right? Um, Now, I I think with all of the different layers that the pandemic has brought us, it's been a lot more challenging to, to get students to engage and really tap into those desires and, and those um, those motivation, those internal motivating factors. Right. And it seems like ensuring our children can imagine a bright future when it just seems like there's a lot of negativity or has been a lot of negativity, almost reawakening that imagination and those um, motivational interviews you mentioned, I could certainly see that as an opportunity to really have those conversations with students and to encourage them around. This can be, this will be, you know, we'll move forward. 
I just appreciate the role of school counselor in helping with that work in terms of encouraging our students and helping to motivate our students. It's definitely, like I said, it's a challenge for sure, but um, I, I think you're right. I, I think it's it's reopening the door of possibility. Um, as you said, we're going into our third school year, and if you're on the southeast southeastern part of North Carolina, it's been much uh, longer than that with uh, the hurricane, but letting students know that almost almost sharing that optimism again, like possibilities, um, opportunities, they're still there. You know, we might have to dig a little deeper, but it's okay. And we can get there. Um, Almost reinstilling hope, if you will. Absolutely. Well, I I certainly could see, and maybe a good analogy is counselors as those who share hope, who apply hope, who are givers of hope or reminders of hope and for being purveyors of hope. And being able to have those conversations one-on-one or in small groups or in classroom settings with students is so, so very important. I tell you, I really appreciate the work of the North Carolina School Counselor Association in highlighting and amplifying the work of school counselors and really the the work of the profession. I I recently encountered a a tweet, and you may have as well, that was a bit tongue-in-cheek, uh, uh, certainly meant to, to draw a laugh, and it did for me, but it referred to school counseling is not the junk drawer of the school. And when I saw that at first, uh, I started to laugh, and then I thought about it, and I laughed even more because it just seems like school counselors wind up with duties as assigned, whether it's uh, at one point testing. Counselors had a lot to do with testing, and we've drawn back from that, I hope, and and they, anything that came up, it seems like we were grabbing the counselor um, in a way that, that maybe we certainly shouldn't have. But what should a counselor, a school counselor, be spending their time doing? If, if I'm the administrator in the building and I obviously want the very best school counseling program I can have, what would that look like to me? What would I see happening? Wow. I, I too, came across that tweet. And it's funny, I, I'm pretty sure I liked it because in my days of being in the school building, I can I can remember it all too well. Um, that was probably the best description of what it was like. Um, however, again, now that the profession has transformed in such a positive way, um, there is uh, the American School Counselor Association. They have developed a, a national model, which is a framework for how to deliver a comprehensive school counseling program. And within that model, 80% of a school's of school counseling time should be spent in direct student services, right? So when we think about direct services, that's is individual student planning, small group counseling, or even classroom lessons. Anything focused on academic achievement, personal and social development, and career and post-secondary planning. So so when I think about what we're seeing now, we're seeing individual lessons, we're seeing small groups that are data-driven, so it's specific to the school need. You know, if, if there's a group of students and we're seeing an uptick in anxiety, there's a small group for co- healthy coping strategies, right? Um, and, and likewise, we're seeing more career opportunities, uh, classroom lessons on um, career uh, interest inventories, career fairs, career um, exploration. Uh, We're we're just, 
we're, we're starting to help move that needle in a more supportive role. Uh, and I think we're I think we're getting there. I'm feeling hopeful about it. And I am as well. And I really do think we're getting there. You've mentioned a couple of times in our conversation, a very powerful word, particularly for educators and ed leaders, a, a word that that leads us in our work. And that word is data. You've talked about data a couple of times. And I don't know that we always associate school counselors with data, but it's so very important that we use that data. And I did come across in some of the information from our State Department of Public Instruction about school counselors that resonated with me that in some ways, a school counseling program is akin to our MTSS work, multi-tiered systems of support, so that there's core counseling for all students, there's supplemental counseling for small groups and some individual students, and then those individual intensive sessions for a few. And so that notion of all, some, and few certainly resonates because that's the work we do throughout the schoolhouse. And anytime we can really all come together in a way that we communicate the same way, it's just very, very powerful. And so I, I love the way you describe that as, and highlighted those national standards. And for our listeners, I will link that in our show notes, but that our counselors should be spending 80% of their time directly working with students. That I've got a feeling, though, that that's probably still a challenge for our school counselors to be able to spend that amount of time. Absolutely. Um, in a perfect world, you know, we would love to see it across the board. Uh, but as you mentioned with data, I think traditionally it, it's always been hard to quantify such qualitative work. Right. Uh, school counselors deal a lot with feelings and perceptions. And for years, it was just maybe a Likert scale, right? Um, but now, again, with this transformation, we're starting to dive into this data with our schools. We're starting to align a lot of our practices with the school strategic plan, um, the school's mission. You know, we're starting to have that shared language and we have shared goals, right? We're all here for student success, but it's a matter of what the school counselor can bring to the table to support those same goals and that same vision. We're talking about supporting goals and supporting vision. I wonder if you would share for just a few moments, if we have school counselors, and I know we have quite a few who listen to uh, the podcast who may not be a part of the North Carolina School Counselor Association. I know how important the professional associations I belong to are to me and my work professionally and personally, quite frankly. Tell me about the North Carolina School Counselor Association and, and why it's important for school counselors to consider being a part of that group. Oh, wow. Absolutely. Um, it, well, it is a state association solely developed to support the needs of the school counselors and the profession. Uh, so for me personally, um, as a school counselor, you know, a lot of times, if, especially if it's just you, you're working in isolation right. at times. Um, no one no one on your campus can speak your language entirely, but this to me is a network of professional school counselors who are all here to support each other, share ideas, um, share best practices so that together we can meet the needs of all of our students. Uh, it's a really good opportunity. We offer professional development. We're just doing really good things. And, and I encourage any school counselor, um, whether you're a student, retired, or still a, a practicing school counselor, 
feel free, reach out, please contact me. Uh, we'll be happy to answer any questions you might have. Um, and we invite you to, to join our team. And, and I love that, that team, join our team, because it really does take a team. And as you shared, certainly it resonates in my experience that school counselors often are the only school counselor on the campus, just like the principal is the only person on the campus doing the work the principal's doing. And so having a network, having colleagues that you can reach out to and share problems of practice and hear best ideas or share best ideas is so very powerful. And I certainly appreciate the role of the association in advocating for and supporting school counselors because we depend on our school counselors um, so greatly in supporting our students and helping them achieve success. And so as we begin to uh, draw our conversation to a close today. And thank you for being so generous with your time, uh, Brittany. I very much appreciate it. What advice might you have for educators right now, for teachers who have a classroom full of students? And like you said, the students uh, may be a bit apathetic. The students may be dealing with anxiety and all the things that come along with just being a child. But in this time, with everything else going on, what advice might you have for our educators? Oh, that's a good question. Hang in there. It's a tough time. I'd be lying if I said that it wasn't. But even in the tough times that we're in, we are tough as educators. Um, I, I do feel like education is a profession that is more of a calling. Uh, we are here for a reason. We are here in this season um, to support our students for a reason. We were called for a specific reason. So we have to continue to support one another, hang in there because we're gonna come out of this and we're gonna come out of this stronger than ever. Um, sometimes it's hard to see it, but um, I'm hopeful. I really am and, and we just have to hang in there. Absolutely, that's a powerful message, hang in there. And I appreciate you and school counselors for being purveyors of hope and and being those who remind us this too shall pass and forward we will go. Brittany Norman, thank you so much for everything you do every single day as a lead school counselor in Onslow County School System and as the president of the North Carolina School Counselors Association. I truly appreciate you and thank you for this time together. Thank you. It's been a pleasure. I hope that you enjoyed our time together today with Miss Brittany Norman. As she described the need for expert craftsmen in building a house, I recognize that we too need experts on our student support teams. Our school counselors are certainly those experts and are purveyors of hope. Speaking of purveyors of hope, thank you for spending time with me today and thank you for all that you do for every student, every teacher, and every staff member. You are making a difference. If no one else has told you, I want you to know that I believe in you. Good day. Thank you for listening to the Ed Leader Podcast. Please subscribe to the podcast and consider leaving a review with five stars on Apple Podcasts so that we may continue to grow the Ed Leader community. We hope that you have enjoyed your time with Dr. Jackson. Until next time.